Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, a podcast what that is when you're playing with my mind, I'm playing with your mind. Uh, <laughs> I'm Greg. I am Emily. I'm Jordan. And I'm scared. <laughs> I know what you're ref from the show. So. Yeah. Well, you guys, I'm really excited to talk about the horror at Chiller House. Oh, crap. That's Peter the wrong. I was going to say, what? Well, it's not even the right joke. <laughs> I was like, where's where is that coming from, Kendall? I, yeah, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. I, um, for some reason I feel like I should I should be getting the Sorry, right sorry. Okay, post. okay. Sorry. It'll be uh, really easy to write because stuff doesn't happen. Deep something. I don't know what you're talking about. Deep trouble. <laughs> deep trouble. That's what that's the book we're talking about today on the Warren V's podcast. <laughs> I think we're getting some radio waves uh, mixed up here. Yeah, some, I think so. Something like that. I totally, I totally, I, I need to like think ahead when I'm. Can, my can computer no one, is not nobody, fast enough. Like there'd be like literally one person who'd be like, "That's the wrong book." Like. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've done this several times now, where like I think of a joke as Greg is is uh is introducing it and i try to google the answer to the joke like i try to google the reference so that i can be correct but we don't have enough hosts and my computer is not fast enough for me to <laughs> get the answer <laughs> did i say i was kendall yes okay i think, good. You did. I think well you did now so it doesn't really matter <laughs> yeah. but yes this week we are reviewing season two episode eight spark war part two the search uh Interesting episode. Um, for sparks. It's yeah. that episode. Yeah. I know. It's um. You know how they introduced all these like uh, smart generals last episode, and I think Kendall even said this last time. But um, that instead of instead of um just like showing us how smart these generals are by actually writing them being smart, they just made everyone else really fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I did say that last episode. It, it's like. Yeah. Did you even mention the, the reboot episode? Because there's, there's a reboot episode where Enzo wishes that he's uh, oh, that's the right. smartest man, yeah. in, the smartest person in, in the mainframe. Oh, and yeah. they just, <laughs> it just, just makes turns everyone's else clock dumber. speed down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think is, I remember that. But yeah, like it's, every one of his episodes acts like a fucking moron, and I just like I just hated it. Like, because uh, like. Okay, I'm not going to get into it too much, but, like, Megatron's plan is cool, and I like that he's been building it up this whole time, but we didn't need to make everyone else act like an idiot to have it work. I don't know. Anyways. So, I want to say, I'll kind of piggyback off of that. I feel like sometimes I call for the show to be more lighter and cartoonier and stuff. Um, If this is that, I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Because this was kind of, I don't know, like I was watching and I was like, isn't this what I wanted? It's like a, yeah, it's I guess it's like a monkey paw. Yeah. Like, 
I I don't I don't know. It it misses the mark. What what you wanted was the low road, which is an episode where everyone's acting insane and the logic doesn't make <laughs> sense. While this is just like the good guy. The truce. This is more like the truce. Yeah, I'd say that. Yes, yes, actually. But it's well, I guess it's even part because the part of the problem with the truce was it was like the part one. It was part of a longer thing. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> well. Um. Yeah. Let's well, get into the actual episode after you guys do your uh, segments. Yeah. So, Kendall, what do you got this day in history? So, um, this day in history, September thirtieth, uh, two thousand or thereabouts. Uh, there was an article in the Daily Mail about called "Is Walmart Getting It Wrong?" and I thought I was going to read it, and it was going to say that like Walmart was like really struggling, um, or something like that. But it's really like it was boring. So I. I thought I was going to do a bit where I was like, oh, yeah. And then no one ever saw Walmart again, but it didn't work. Um, And then this other website. uh, Well, that's because Walmart overtook Huckabee. On September 29th, uh, In the Mood for Love, a Hong Kong film directed by Wong Kar Wai starring Maggie Chung and Tony Lung was released. I don't know what those words mean. Um, <laughs> those are names, Kendall. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, most of those were names. I'm just, I'm on a different page than I sometimes am on. Oh, here we go. <laughs> this is like only a week and a half earlier. That doesn't work. That's September 19th. That's too early. Uh, okay. That's all I got. You, uh, let's see if there was anything on, uh, let's see if there was anything on IMDb. Because... Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm missing the mark with this thing. This 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 uh this segment is a hit or, hit or miss. We're we're we've only got a few episodes left. It's okay. Um do to do to do. And like I said, my computer's running really slow tonight. So uh It's okay. That's okay. Uh uh we'll just have Greg can just edit this bit out like in just so that there's no waiting. Um mm. I think there's no trivia. Yeah, there's no trivia. <laughs> There's like, there's not even anything. There's not even any quotes or any, any, like there's not even a thing that can say, did you know on this page? Like nobody cares about this episode. All right. Uh, yeah. Jordan, does the TF wiki care about this episode? (laughs) Yes. Quite a bit. Um, so I'm not going to get into all the animation technical errors, but there was one that I want to point out where it mentions that with its curved antenna, the head of Optimus prime hologram sure looks like primal's original beast wars head. Doesn't it? Uh, yes. Set further at one point, it has a mouth, but it's mm. gone in the next shot. Yeah, uh, I apparently, noticed that too. <laughs> apparently, Mainframe had lost the model for Prime's head and had to use a face-plated Primal head as a good enough replacement. <sighs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, and then uh, only one continuity error that is more of just they're trying to figure it out. But isn't Silverbolt younger than Cheetor? <laughs> I then thought again, about that too. <laughs> then again, Transformer that is, is weird. That is really so. weird because yeah. they already mentioned it. Yeah, I guess he is, but like he doesn't act like. I'm so confused. Oh, you just blew my mind. I'm. I need to recover from this. <laughs> I was. I was trying to think. There's a. There's a. There. There are like. Ti- uh, there are some times in like pop culture where somebody will say will say a kid, and but then they're actually older. Um, uh, but like, like I remember specifically in Scott, Scott Pilgrim, uh, she always calls him her little brother, even though she's younger than him. Yeah. Just fitting. I I know, I know siblings that are like that. Where mm-hmm. like the older sister is like very immature and the younger brother, uh, is, is, is like 
very solid and um, reliable and mature. And yeah, he's pretty much her older brother, even though technically it's not the case. <laughs> that That's a real sibling thing. <laughs> and I know in, well, I guess, I guess Han Solo always calls Luke kid. And in a, uh, in one of the expanded universe books, I remember Luke said, Luke telling Han, he's like, Han, I'm much older than you were when we started all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, but that, again, like, that makes sense, because, like... Because Han is still a, a couple years older than Luke, yeah. And also, this Luke is, is he's kid to Han, you know? Like, it's it's a term of endearment, I feel like. It didn't start off that way. It was kind of, like, you know, a term of, to try to, like, make fun of him. But I think eventually, when they became, like, friends and, and allies, it was it was more of an endearment thing. Right, right, right. And that's how I read it. Um... Also, uh, but like Cheetor is just characterized as a kid. Like, so even though he's like not a, he's older, it's just, he's a kid still. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> maybe protoforms can be like, I wonder if like you can go back to being a protoform and maybe that's I, it. But Silverbolt, I feel like he didn't know what the fuck was going on when he right. was born. I feel Supposedly like Silverbolt in the, the one comic that came with the uh, anniversary edition of uh Beast Wars. That's kind of what happened with uh, uh, Air Razor and Tigertron. Like they had, they they were in the ship ch- trying to stop them, and they got blown up. And Prime and Prime Prime on them kind of like shifted their con their consciences into like pre protoform sides or something like that. So they basically <laughs> like went down to pro- protoform, so they didn't die. In other words, in other words, when Air Razor and Tigertron showed up, they made reference to them previously and. Then later in the series, they decided protoforms were blank slates. Well, like, okay, here's the thing is they, they met Tigertron when he was born, but also, again, Tigertron was treated like he was older than Cheetor. Well, Tig- Tigertron, like, they, I felt like they, with Tigertron, when they met up with him, they made it, they really made it sound like he was an established, like, they didn't make it sound like he was new. They, you know, they made it sound like they, he was an old so. friend. They, they, no, no, they didn't, because they were like, because they were like, it's good to have. I, I felt like they were just meeting him. Like it did not feel like to me like they were old friends to me. I think since the mm-hmm. Id- the identity circuit thing uh, implied to me that he had a previously established identity. Yeah, that's the impression that I got from it as well. That's possible, but I still don't think they knew him. I don't know. It's weird. It's really yeah. weird when you think about it. Because, like, again, like, Cheetor's characterized as a kid, so we see him as a kid. Even if other characters are introduced as protoforms later, they're older than it's so. I Let's stop talking about this. It's hurting my brain. <laughs> well, it's just a fixed. It might also be that, that uh, a lot of Transformers, because they're sort of programmed and built and, I mean, you know, they're robots, they sh- sort of arrive fully formed uh the way that they develop and mature might be different where whereas like it might take more to more to change the character that also might explain why uh a lot of times there's little little no character development in transformers shows oh oh snap i mean that's not that's not really like like Transformers Prime and Transformers Animated had a lot of character development. I think. That's but true. <laughs> so I mean, like, if you're talking about the '80s cartoon, yeah, because it was like GI Joe, like they were, they were toy ads, like, yeah. <laughs> then they had so many characters that they rolled out in G1. Like, Beast Wars had a lot of characters on them, especially with Black Arachnia. But anyhow, uh, so we got a couple of continuity notes. 
Um, oh, wait. Did, we didn't go over about the Oracle exactly, huh? No. Okay, then we'll, we'll get into it then uh, when we get to that part in the episode. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, Megatron also mentions Optimus's previous visit to the Grand Mall as seen in The Darkest Night when he was like alien teleported up. Uh, Optimus Prime will alludes to the Great Upgrade, an event of a period of time where the old Autobot faction transitioned into post-war maximal society. Yes. Relatable. <laughs> uh, then we got a couple of magics and powers. Stryker can lob explosive blasts from her palms. Additionally, her forearm armor, forearmer, can deploy, <laughs> can deploy into a sort of close combat weapon. And then Rattrap's multi-purpose vice mask comes equipped with a pair of headlamps. Yes. Although I think we've seen the headlamps before. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think. No, you're thinking of the Power Rangers movie. Oh, okay. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, well, Aisha, Rattrap. They're basically the same character. <laughs> Aisha and Rattrap? Yeah. Uh, I don't. What? No. <laughs> Did I miss something? <laughs> um, so while traveling through the sublevels of Cybertron, Optimus Primal and Night Scream stumble upon the ruins of Iocon. Or Iocon. It's, uh, uh, after that, they encounter a hologram of Optimus Prime. Interestingly, Primal describes Prime as his ancestor. He might just be speaking metaphorically, uh, you know, as the Autobots are collectively the ancestors of the Maximals. But the comment seems to imply a deeper relation beyond their shared names. I I agree with, like, it it does definitely imply that, like, they're somehow related, like, family-wise. I don't know how that works with Transformers, but, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're both on the same code, we'll say that. Well, I mean, they they obviously are related because they're played by the same actor. Well, I mean, like, I was going to say when we got to it, but it's a little disappointing that he couldn't get Peter Cullen back. I mean, like, um, I know that some some people, like, their original auto, um, Optimus was, uh, what's his name again? The actor that plays Opt- Optimal, I mean, Optimus oh, Prime? Oh, uh, Gary Chalk. Yeah. Gary Chalk. Gary Chalk is a lot of people's first Optimus just because of, like, him being Optimus and Armada and John and Cybertron. Uh, so like, but like for people at the time, they would have been like, it would have been pretty cool to have Peter Cullen guest in an episode. Did I, did I tell you guys, I think it was Gary. I think it's Gary Chalk. Uh, I was, I was watching like, uh, the Freddy, I think it was Freddy versus Jason and Gary Chalk is a, uh, is like a police officer in that. And it made me realize that he's been police officers in lots of things. Uh, and so, listeners, if you don't know, if you don't have a face for Gary Chalk in your head, go look it up because you'll be like, "Oh, it's that guy," and then you'll never be able to enjoy him ever again because he'll always sound like Optimus. <laughs> <laughs> he was on Stargate as well, although he plays a Russian. And he oh my god, really yeah, good accent, I, I so. know his face. I had no idea that who that was. Yeah, yeah. See? <laughs> Wow, that's weird. He's like he's like one of those actors that's that guy from that thing, you know. And uh yeah, but now now that you've seen it, now that you know to listen for it, he just you will be like, "Oh yeah, that is just Optimus." Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well. All I hear anytime I saw him on Stargate was, "Oh, it's Optimus with a Russian accent." <laughs> I didn't know it. We probably talked about it before on the podcast, and I just forgot. But I didn't know that David K. Uh, Megatron's voice actor did Optimus later on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did we talk about that in our one T Transformers animated episode? I I know there when we were showing those like holiday videos back and forth that they did. It was mentioned by Casey that uh, he kind of referenced the fact that he did Op- Optimus. Okay. 
I was saying, like, remember, because we did that one Halloween one, right? With, um, oh, yeah. Yes, um, you guys did that. I can confirm that yeah. you did it. I didn't yes. listen to it. That's <laughs> fine. Sorry. You weren't obligated to. Yeah. I think that might be the only Warren B. Well, no, the News Post episodes. <laughs> that and two News Post episodes are the only ones that I wasn't on. Uh, final Transformer reference they bring up is the is how the hologram mentions that uh, Prime's essence stored here these many years after the final battle and basically goes into that the final event might be a legend or beast era lore at this point. Uh, it's And like the implication is also that Optimus Prime died in this battle. Hmm. While it also, and then it points out that a uh, 2016's Dawn of the Predicus, uh, which was a uh, BotCon exclusive comic, has has the so-called final battle with with Optimus Prime in it, and okay. then the Maximal stumble on the remains of more Transformers reusing Prowl and Sunwave's character models again. Yes. Oh uh, my God! And that is so. There are a couple of moments in this that are like so jarring. With like that, it's like clearly this is the this is the stuff that we only was only meant to be used once in a flashback, and this is the rest of it. Like, ugh. This is one of the. Uh, this is probably the ugliest episode. Of anything that we've watched so far, like as far as the animation, I don't know that view except for nice, except for the, the theft of the of the golden disc for obvious reasons. But <laughs> but like but yeah, like oh man, I'll we'll talk about it. Uh, for real world reference, we just have one. As the big floating head hovers into view, Rat Trap mutters, "Talk about your bad moon rising." Intrude to the classic Creedence Clearwater revival song. And then we got a couple of uh, trivia notes. Yeah, where... and if I if I get motivated, you'll hear a parody of it at the end of this episode. <laughs> Megatron breaks out one of his classics. Yes, as he describes his plan to the Vicon generals. Uh, Rat Trap breaks the fourth wall as he describes a virtual but not virtuous pleasure disc, wiggling his eyebrows knowingly at the camera. And then in parentheses, the uh, wiki says, "Rat Trap, you perv." And then some of the psychodromes perform wild takes in response to Noble, during which they bounce and stretch like rubber and momentarily break apart. It's also which, weird how they like were afraid of him when they're drones. Yes. Yeah. Well, they're. Um, it's more. It's more Waspinator. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's part. Yeah, he's got. I mean, the drones were made before Thrust was made, though. I'm confused by yeah, that now. But, but Thrust <laughs> is controlling them. Do you think it's like a hive mind thing where they experience his emotions? I don't think that's how it works. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't No, I think that actually I think that Thrust is telling them to be scared. <laughs> <laughs> he's sort of projecting, you think? Yeah, well, yeah, he's like, yeah, I mean, it is hive mind doesn't isn't quite what I was thinking, but more like more like he's I mean, it's like he's, you know, it's like if you're driving a car and and somebody and and something weird happens. You reflexively hit the step on the brakes, even if that's not like the logical thing to do. So like his his logical thing is to be like, OK, act scared and then run away. And that's what they I don't know. That's my take on it anyway. There's some sort of pre-programmed auto autonomic response, I suppose. Yeah, yeah maybe just at like the that. sight of Savage. Now, that's what they do. <laughs> Yes, they've been killed by Savage so much that it's like downloaded into their hive mind mainframe and now they react that way to him. <laughs> Instincts. <laughs> or Noble, rather. That's just Noble. Apparently, because that's all like, I mean, when, when he shows up as the Savage form, he goes, Noble! So I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So was that all that we had, Jordan? Yes, that is all we have. 
I feel like there was something unrelated and off topic that I wanted to bring up, but I, I'm sure it'll come up later. I'm sure. <laughs> so getting to the episode, we uh, we do get a uh, last time on Beast Machines, uh, which, you know, goes over what happened in the previous episode. Uh, we see the sparks that are floating around and we get a few images of Megatron creating our new generals uh, the, the the Maximals getting surrounded, the attack, Botanica saving them, and then Megatron, you know, having a, a plan. And we close it off with the 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 visage of robotic Megatron holding Cybertron in his hand. And as we uh, open up on a new episode, we've got a ton of drones just everywhere patrolling and we've got the maximals all in their beast form you know very sneakily trying to make their way and uh surveying this situation around them it, it's quite dire if i may say so yeah, yeah. it's uh, certainly not uh, a pleasant sight as we've got the maximals sort of looking on as the grand mall lifts off in the distance um of course everybody is like well what do we do now? And Optimus, of course, is like, well, we have to find the sparks. And but before he says sparks, he gets a vision. Dun dun dun. And he gets like these little flashes of locations, which seems a little odd, I suppose. Yeah, mm. it's, just, it's beast machines. I'm starting to I don't know. I'm starting to agree with the haters. This beast machines is like I don't know some of this yeah some of this stuff I don't know I don't know I'm in a, I'm in a shitty mood tonight so if I come off cross as negative that's me I'm but, gonna say like from from beast machines episode one you're like hey if this series gets bad later I'll say it's a good series just from like this and now you're like saying it's bad <laughs> well it's just it's just that it's I mean yeah the first season was really good so apparently I only like the first season of Transformers shows I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder but if yes. he'd feel differently when he made it because I thought the first season was the weakest of that show. I I doubt that I'll ever watch that, but maybe. <laughs> maybe. It's a good show. <laughs> um so with the the visions that Optimus has, um we we've got looks like a factory, an alley, and then like a another building, and the, we've got all these sparks swirling all around, and Optimus comes out of it. Jewer's like, what's wrong? And Optimus is like, the the Oracle it g- gave me a vision. And he starts talking about that, you know, there's something going on with the Sparks. Megatron must have moved them or something along those lines. Which, you know, we never really understand how he's managed manages to sort of decipher these visions, really. Because um, no, they just look like nonsense to us. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just we see then... places and floating blue sparks and yeah, I think the thing is, I think the thing is you got to understand that people who are watching this, they've just come out of the nineties in which these types of, uh, tech demos were just constant and everywhere. So, you know, you kind of, eventually you, you learn how to interpret them. It's just, you know, it's like, uh. It's like it's it would be like it would be like, you know, it's like reading the book of Revelation. Like you have to you have to put it into context of of the time. If you understood, you know, if if we were all around in the 90s, I'm sure that we would understand. Uh, well, I was around in the 90s. OK, that that pokes a hole in my theory. 
You're right. The show sucks. <laughs> well, I mean, for the time. <laughs> no. Well, they're esoteric visions, but it's weird that he comes to come out of them with like saying, like, I know exactly what that was very trying to specific, tell me. Like, yeah. like, what? That's very. Uh, hmm. I can see him being like, what does it mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Then um, again, he does have yeah. one every 10 minutes. So, I mean, realistically, you would eventually be able to understand what the Oracle was trying to tell you. Because, like, in the first episode, he was like, the seeds of the future buried in the past. Hmm. And then he did think about it. But then, yeah, so you're right. As time gone has gone on, he's gotten more and more specific. And the visions have gotten more and more generic. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes, we turn our attention to uh, Megatron inside the Grand Mall as he's giving instructions to his generals now. Uh, he tells them all to go to their assigned coordinates or location. Is it coordinates or locations, Em? It doesn't really Most- matter, does it? Well, <laughs> normally, you're a stickler for these sorts of things, so I thought it's, I'd ask. It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yes, he, he, he tells them all to go to their specific Coordinates. I was in the middle of a yawn when you asked me that. <laughs> uh, uh, but yes, he, he tells them all to to go to their look to their coordinates, uh, wipe out all the Maximals, save for Optimus. He must be kept alive. We don't know what exactly is going on, but he, he's got a plan. I assume because he wants to. Glo- I assumed at the time that he just wanted to, like you know, do his evil villain shit speech. You know, he's obsessed with Optimus. So you thought maybe he was trying trying to rub it in with them, maybe. but it's not the case. We'll see what happens. But yes, we get we get a we get a sales pitch from Rat Trap. Oh, I have <laughs> that. I have that. Say. Yes. Okay, I have that. <laughs> There's there was not very much in this episode that I wanted to grab, but this is this is the best part of the episode. Fiddle, fucking wake up, goddamn phone. There we go. <laughs> I like I like Cheetor's expression from it. Stay in robot mode without alerting their sensors. In that case, Webs, this is your lucky day. Introducing the handy-dandy scramble field generator. When activated, this little marvel of electronic wizardry is guaranteed to bamboozle, bewitch, and otherwise befuddle all manner of vehicles cracking devices. And it just so happens we're running a special today. Buy one, get six free. Why didn't you mention these before? Because I uh, <laughs> have no idea if they're going to work. But hey, think of it as our big chance to field test them. No, you know, you know what he sounds like there? And I was trying to place it and it just clicked. He sounds like the guy from the Star Wars holiday special. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I thought we had escaped that, Kendall. I was I was sitting here. I was like, man, I wish I still had that sound clip. Ugh. But you know who I'm talking about? The um, the hairy chested guy that was going to be Lando. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, he is it. Art Carney is that him? Yes. Oh yes. yeah, Art Carney. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Art. Yeah, yeah. He totally, he totally sounds like so him see, there. So see, Greg, you were right. He does sound like a Carney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Anywho, so yes, the the Maximals go ahead and proceed to put these little chips onto their arms. Uh, We get Optimus, who does it first, uh, I guess leading by example, as he uh, then roars and transforms. Uh, The others follow suit. Uh, Each time the the little chip seems to have a light that pops on and glows green and seems to be working from what we can tell. Um, 
so yeah, everybody's transformed. Silver Silver Bolt's got like he's holding his neck and like observing the disc at one point and looks a little, you know, unsure of it. Um Oh, well, like remember the hate virus came out of his neck. Oh yeah, that's right. In a little disc robot thing. Yes, that's true. Um sure enough, just as everybody's, you know, starting to get themselves sorted out they then hear some vehicons moving close to their location uh one of the the helicopter drones flies over them and then uh strika drives on a road very close to them and uh the two generals state that there's going to be radio silence as they move to their locations which is a little weird i'm not sure why they would have radio silence necessarily but but it doesn't seem to detect the maximals at this point which I guess is a good thing. It shows that it's working so far. Hooray. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I will yeah. say he, he was, he was in his robot form for that entire like spiel that he did. And yeah. that was pretty long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's kind of like, mm, mm. I, I mean, I mean, I can, it's not like, it's not like the second they, they turn into robot form, the vehicons can like instantly find them. It, the way stuff works, I mean, you would think that that would be how it would work because of that's how technology would work. But the way that it seems to work in this show is like they can transform into robot form for a few seconds before enough of their before the tracking devices find them or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. And I mean, it's the best part of the episode. Let him transform into a robot long enough to say that speech. I guess he could have put it on before he transformed. Yeah, true. But he could, he yeah, holding it as it was active. Yeah, that's true. But even still, you know, you know, I would have been scared that he would have been risking, you know, others risking the drones showing up if he didn't already have it activated. But but yes, yeah, so the uh, the team Optimus decides to to split up the team as the drones go away. We've got uh, Black Arachnia, Silverbolt, and Cheetor going to one location. Uh, Rat Trap and Botanica going to another, and Night Scream and Optimus going to a third. Uh, of course, Rat Trap isn't overly keen on being paired up with Botanica, which I don't know, which seems weird because I didn't think that there was anything. There was any animosity between yeah. the two. It must I mean, happen in between episodes. Yeah. Maybe because he's the tech guy and she's the plant girl. Did was maybe, he maybe was who was, gonna, was who was the main person that she was arguing with about not wanting to be in the fight? I, I think that of, was Cheetor. That was Cheetor, yeah. And Cheetor apologized and everything. Like, yeah, they're good. Cheetor and her are cool. <laughs> they're yeah. Good. Um, but yeah, like okay, like I, again, like I don't maybe know if it actually happens. I don't know if it actually happens in the plot, but I've seen a lot of. I remember when I looked up Botanica. There was like sh- like shipping stuff between her and Rattrap, so I don't know if that develops into that or if that's just like people saw this episode and were like, "Oh, that's so cute." When really it's they're just being ass like Rattrap's an asshole. This episode, then it's okay. <laughs> well, he does. I mean, he does reference them dating. He says it was not my. It wasn't my idea for us to date. Yeah, or to go on oh, this date. Oh, or yeah, to go on, yeah. Oh yeah, he makes a joke. Is what you're saying? I thought you yeah, were yeah. implying they dated in the past. Maybe, like, maybe, maybe they did. Maybe they did. She was on a yeah. They got put on different ships. I feel uh, like they would have mentioned that. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you know, maybe it's awkward. Maybe they don't want the rest of the team to know. Maybe. Why wouldn't they want them? To- maybe Cheetor is actually their illegitimate son. Um, I'm not sure how that would work. <laughs> 
I think Kendall just implied that Cheetor is in fact Botanica and Rat Trap's illegitimate son. Why? <laughs> if your head is like, hmm, what's a che- if you combine a rat and a plant, you get a cheater, right? That makes sense. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean it was the pro. They're pre- <laughs> they're all your alt form isn't determined by your parentage. No, I know, but I'm just yeah, that's just that's just do. science. Okay. <laughs> so it's it's it is interesting though. Like watching this episode, I wondered just because I know how. I mean, I don't even know how fans with shipping and stuff works. But like, and most of the time when people say this person ship with this person, I just like don't agree and don't see it just because of stuff. But like Rat Trap and Botanica, I can kind of see it. I if they do more stuff with it, I could see. It. I could not see it from this one episode alone. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know like, if it's an actual. It might even be an actual thing in the series. I just don't because I don't remember. Plus, a lot of <laughs> a lot of like shipping is there's an anta. It'll be characters who have an antagonistic relationship in canon. So like, yeah, you know, but this isn't even like I I know what you're saying with like like Korra and Zuko are an example that I that if I when I think of like a bad ship that is only there because they are antagonistic to each other a bit in the series. That's like what I think of as Zuko and Katara. Uh, I said, I might have said Korra earlier, Katara. Because, um, like, I don't know if you guys watched, like, The Last Airbender or whatever, like, the, the, the show, not the movie. But, like, she's water, he's fire. They kind of have a few scenes where they kind of, like, you know, melt each other off. And so Everyone everyone's like, oh, they, 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 So you could say it's rather hot. Um, steamy, it's steamy, I'd say. Yeah, there you go. But, like, everyone, like, I was going to say, everyone got a nice, magical, uh, thought-provoking episode with, with Zuko. <laughs> And then, well, and then, and then well, there was a there was a lot of thought provoking episodes Zuko, but like yeah, and, and there was a but there was a big fans like they're called like uh, Zutara, and like uh, they they were like mad when at the end of the show she ends up with Aang, even though that was like built up the whole fucking series, and like what what like of course they're gonna get together You're like ah whatever anyways it was yeah it's it, I know ship shipping can be dumb look sure. it would have made more sense. For Bella to end up with Jacob too, but sometimes you just have to follow the the canon know, but, uh, ending. But but again, like I I, I can understand I can understand the appeal of Zutara. I just can't understand how they ever thought it was going to be canon. This is dumb. <laughs> like, they're the most attractive characters on the show. I can understand why you'd pair them up with each other. But yeah. Anyways. Well, that's why you'd pair Rat Trap and uh, no, Botanica. No. 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 <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> you're going to pair the most tragic characters in the show together, A.B. Botanica and uh, Bla- uh, Black Arachnia. That's who it would be. <laughs> See, that's that's really funny that you say that, because I was when I was making the joke, I feel like Botanica is like the least attractive. I love Botanica. I I, I totally I like her design. I thought you didn't like she, her robot form. I thought you just liked her beast like, form. Well, I, no, I don't like her robot form, but her, her beast form is fine. She can just be in that all the time. I mean, she has like the exact same limbs in both forms. In, in fact, in the platform, she's got more. Yeah, so I was going to say, go. technically, she's got more limbs in the plant. I, I just, form, I just I mean, like, they're yeah, both, but like, she can't. She can only it's shoot not, the vagina laser as a robot, so. I don't want, I don't. <laughs> I, I just, I that's her power in this, that's her power in this episode. I think those I, are hip lasers, not. And, and anyways, the point is, is she's not like Black Arachnia where it's like, 
one form she's a hot woman the other she's a terrifying spider you know like right right she's she's like a kind of a humanoid creature in both of her forms which actually again like i've said this before i wish her robot form was her plant form and her plant form was more plant-like and not just clearly like that's just a plant woman yeah, like I mean yeah. the the concept of a pl- of a plant to robot transformer is I feel like just totally wasted on. But yeah, we're yeah you're right we're retreading. What happens next in the show? Botanica's <laughs> hot and a story. <laughs> <laughs> what happens next in the show, Greg? You're in charge. We've got the the trio of Black Arachnia, Cheetor, and uh, Silverbolt who arrive at their first location. Uh, we do get. A bit of a scene where Black Arachne is like, well, Cheetor, what do we do now? You, you know, you're in command and Silverbolt's like, well, I don't take commands from a kid. And Black Arachne is like, Silverbolt, like a lot of shit's happened since you've been gone. Like, yeah. And in, 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 like, again, he's he's an idiot in this episode. In, in most other episodes where Cheetor has been leader, he's been quite competent. Like it's yeah, he's he's a good leader, and Silverbolt's just being a huge dick. Like I don't mind him, like him being dark and edgy, but him suddenly being an asshole to everyone is a little bit like, come on. Well, calm to be down, fair though, to be fair though, Silverbolt suddenly being an asshole to Cheetor is part of his character established in season three. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> I don't think he was an asshole to Cheetor there. You just you know, you did yes, he, he was. He was. A, he was overly protective of of black arachnia because Cheetor was trying to get in her robot pants i'm just saying he would have punched anyone in that situation not just Cheetor. it was not a Cheetor specific thing this is him riding on Cheetor for him thinking he's inexperienced even though like he's like again like black arachnia mentions he's been gone for a while he doesn't know what's happened yeah i do like that she's defending her friend and not yeah. just being like 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 Not she's, just siding she's, she's with t- Silverbolt. She's telling her boyfriend when he fucks up, and it's good. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, th- think about it this way. Think about it this way. If if I was if I was uh, if I had a girlfriend, uh, you know, or if or even my wife, my wife, I assume uh, never never knew men before me, so I wouldn't be able to use her in this example. But I roll. Um, <laughs> but uh, like if I, if I was dating somebody. And there was somebody who we had an experience, who I had an experience similar to Silverbolt and Cheetor and and that like sort of that little love triangle Cheetor trying to trying to hook up with my lady. And then I went away for a little while and came back and was trying and was in the process of fixing that relationship. I might not like the this guy that was, you know, that was trying to. Okay. That's that's fair. I forgot about the animosity they had previously. Yeah. The love triangle. Well, the non-existent love triangle that Cheetah was trying to get happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of that actually makes more sense to me. Because he's not. I mean, yeah, he's not being logical here. He's just he just doesn't like he just doesn't like Cheetor and is sort of is sort of calling out his pre his weaknesses, perception and all that stuff. So, yeah. So that's like, and that's like, but the execution even is bad. Like, like it just, I don't know. I was watching it and I was, I, I told myself that story in order to be like, no, actually this isn't as bad as you think it is, but it still just doesn't work. Um, meanwhile, we've got, um, obsidian who is observing the group and starts making hand motions to all of his drones to take up positions around. Um, so obviously they're being, which is going to lead into a thing that I'm 
going to be mentioning later because I'm kind of pissed about it because everybody dumps on Rat Trap again. But uh, we then cut to uh, Night Scream and Optimus as they're walking down a uh, hallway. And Night Scream comes across some claw marks in a wall. He's like, Noble. He's like, Optimus, we need to go look for him. And Optimus is like, one mission at a time. And to be honest, you know, Optimus is right. You know, they, <laughs> they have priority on this mission. It's not like they, it's not like he doesn't want to search for him, but I mean, yeah, you know, like, I would, like, okay, like it's like, it's like, okay, like I get it. A boy and his dog is a very special relationship, but he's like the entire population of the planet. Yeah. My dog. <laughs> like, come yeah. on. Yeah. Dude. I think, um, I, I, I kind of also like, I liked that. I liked Optimus saying that line because I saw it and I was like, oh, shit, is this going to be like a noble episode? And Optimus is like, no, <laughs> no, we're focused on this. Right it's like it's almost like it's almost like you like you were in the writer's room and like the guy that created noble is like, I got an idea. So they go in the tunnel and then they see this thing and then they decide they're going to go track Noble and take a break from this thing. We got three parts. We don't need to tell the whole story. We, he's already had one uh, spirit quest vision this episode. We can just cut that second spirit quest vision out and have this extra subplot. And then Marv Wolfman's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cause like, I think the purpose of that scene was to, foreshadow him showing up later and that's well, it well i mean <laughs> i mean yeah well sort of it, but yeah, for a second it, but, but if, if you're if you're if your greatest fear when watching this show is that this is going to be another noble featured episode and they do the little hint and then somebody shuts it down it's a it's a good moment for you but i mean noble does show up though well he shows up but just like for a minute like it's what not this was Chekhov's gun, is what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, but yeah, like, like it just was like, you know, I'm, I'm glad, and that's the way that I want them to tie up the noble storyline is for him to show up every few episodes for like 30 seconds, and then you know maybe have him like die. That'd be cool. Like I don't know, something, <laughs> something big is gonna happen. Characters are gonna die in the show. Uh, maybe. yeah. Maybe he dies. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe everyone dies. Maybe Megatron wins, and that's the series. Maybe Megatron this dies, the, too. And this then, is the and end of that Cybertron, continuity. Cybertron's just a lifeless planet. Who knows? <laughs> this is Yeah, this is the end of that continuity. It could be, it could, it could I, be that I Megatron actually wins. Could, I actually could see that being the ending. Like, it, like, I know what the actual ending is, but if they hadn't gone with that, they would have just gone with, like, the most downer ending possible. <laughs> Where, like everyone's dead and it's just a lightless planet. <laughs> Almost like Mass Effect Three, or at least some of the endings. I think all the endings, every most people live, all of them. Well, there's some aren't. I guess great. there's one. Yeah, there's one end. There's one ending where everyone dies, and that's if you shoot the kid. Yeah. They added that in later. Yeah. Instead of a freaking good ending, <laughs> I never get the good ending. I got the well, bad ending in, in Sonic Mania. They added in like the. Uh, the, the the epilogue, which I thought was fine. I think the ending's fine. It's just not the best. Like it it could have been a lot better, but it's fine. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I brought us off topic. That's my bad. I got the bad ending in Super Mario. Odyssey. I mean, we it's, you say off topic, but we did stream some Mass Effect back in the day. <laughs> well, true um, so getting back to uh, Optimus and Night Scream, uh, they come upon a sort of like a collapsed part of the tunnel and night screams like what now 
And Optimus's eyes flash from the Oracle again. And he's like, we go down. I was like, whoa, Optimus, not on the first date here, buddy. But uh, 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 shoot. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so we go back to Botanica and Rat Trap. Yes. We have Botanica and Rat Trap who enter in a building, which turns out, is this like some sort of arcade? I thought it was a synod. Yeah, I thought Still it was a citadel or, something. or so, something. Didn't the like... citadel get wrecked? Or was I wrong? Uh, I don't think the citadel got it's, wrecked. I don't think it's this just is the probably citadel, somebody's though. man cave. Um, I for some, I, apparently, me and Jordan thought it was a citadel for yeah. no reason. <laughs> I'm something glad at least the, someone else did, though. <laughs> something about the damaged doors just made me think it was a citadel. And also, kind of like the lead-in, like it's got kind yeah. of like a bridge thing going into it. Maybe it's maybe it's Rat Trap's old house. I'm sure I kept those sparks around here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> under under the carp, under the welcome mat. Yep, here's the sparks. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, considering Rat Trap always was talking about. I mean, he probably did it twice in Beast Wars, but like he was talking about different places he was going to check out. In when he gets back to Cybertron, it is kind of odd that even though the. I mean, I know they've been constantly at war or whatever, but and everyone else is dead. Yeah, but you would still think like he would, you know, he made reference to that, you know, to that bar where the where the waitresses didn't have chest plates or something. Yeah. But like you would think like that. you would think that well, he that, would that go to again. <laughs> you, I you mean would, a little bit with what happens later. You would Sorry. think that he would I mean there would be like a to- like I don't know, like I feel like cuz he cuz he brought that stuff up, like he would go off and be on his own in like one of his spot spotlight episodes. And then night scream would follow him and he'd be like, what are you doing? And he's like, this was my old hangout where I hung out with all my friends and we would <laughs> drink mech fluid and talk about our problems and play space poker. And this isn't the place with the chest plates off. So you wouldn't be talking about getting that robo titties. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this is like, like he would go, I feel like he would have, if this is their home or somebody would have, done a thing where they go where they go back to their home like i mean that's that's a thing you do in these types of stories i just i yeah i just feel like if 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 it was the chest plate bar uh rat trap would have no qualms in describing in detail that to 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 botanica in this episode at least because he's a scumbag this episode (laughs) sorry sorry uh, great, because I knew you were saying people were ripping on Rat Trap earlier, but I, I normally love I Rat Trap. Know. He's just weird in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. But yes, um, so they, the, Rat Trap does notice that there's like this energy presence. Like he puts his visor down and he's got like this uh, residual energy signature, I think he said it was. Yeah. Yeah. And they go inside and the building is empty. Rats. Hey. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. I, um, I watched I watched Cats Don't Dance with my partners this weekend, and that was like a, a an ongoing joke was that the the main female lead Sawyer would be like, um, smells like a rat in here, and then some other and then some animal, which would be like, hey, and he'd be like, she'd be like, sorry, and that would happen like six times. And like, <laughs> that, that was movie. a good movie. I like that yeah. movie. It was again. We can't go into another tangent. Sorry. We all talk about. And at the end <laughs> or something, <laughs> probably not. But yes, um, one of the things that Rat Trap 
like when they discover that the building's empty and Botanica's like, oh, well, maybe they're maybe we'll, we can still find them. Is Rat Trap's like, well, it's not like they left a trail. And I'm thinking to myself, what if what if there was some way to be able yeah, to? Yeah, what track if there it? was a trail? Like, did you check? <laughs> I mean, there was there was literally he literally just a minute ago said that there was residual energy in the building. Why would there not be residual energy anywhere else unless it flew? So I, well, maybe he he was using his detective vision, so maybe he saw no other clues, and he's just like, I guess it doesn't work because detective vision just shows you everything. <laughs> yeah, but yes. Um. So as they're exiting the building, they are then set upon by Stryka. So here's my question: I want to ask with Stryka is that she says like the most bad guy, bad guy shit here possible, but the whole idea of their characters is that they're like true neutral, right? Yeah. Like they yeah. worked for the good guys before because they're supposed to protect Cybertron. And whoever's in charge of Cybertron is their leader, right? But then yes. do they like change roles depending on if a good guy? Because like I can't imagine her defending Cybertron and acting like this. You well, know? you see, you know what they <laughs> say: either you die a hero, or you live long enough to become the villain. Because she says something like, uh, I, uh, "What does she say?" Let me get here. Oh, okay. Looking for something, Maximals? I hope it was worth your very lives. And her voice at the start of it sounded a lot different from what we've heard from her before. Like, normally she had like a... It was almost like a heavier joking. sort of accent. I don't want to say an accent, but it was just like a heavier tone. I think and the, here, the, her tone was deeper and her like... And I think there was a lot of like uh, sound editing they do with their voices, these two characters. But like... It, I think it's just because she was speaking a little bit softer. It sounds a little weird. Yeah. But yeah, like the the thing she just said. Like, could you imagine her like defending Cybertron from like a from like Decepticon attack or Predacon the shit, and her talking like that and having like the you know the other cops be like, yeah, that that's we're definitely working for a good guy. <laughs> like, I mean, like it's just <laughs> so. I don't know. So I'll say two so things. Evil. So I'll say two things. First of all. Mm-hmm. I could totally picture Dinobot saying that. Dinobot's a bad guy. But he was a good guy. He worked for the good guys. Yeah, but after he was first a bad guy. I'm saying these guys were originally good guys. That's what I'm saying. They Well, they originally worked for the good guys. Yeah. I mean, the, the they, thing I'm is. Saying, I'm just saying. And did also. They, did, they, did they act blatantly evil under the good guys as well? Yeah, I mean, maybe because, I mean, it was war. I'm just trying it to was well, the Great War. You know, they said that they said they were the greatest generals. You don't get to be the greatest general by being nice. Well, yeah, but like the things they could say would be more heroic, maybe. Like I don't. I just think it would have been interesting if they took these characters and played them more neutral. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. a little bit like less like oh we're evil and more like oh I'm just gonna do my job and protect Cybertron. Like, I don't know. It just seems like they could have done something more interesting with the idea of these true neutral characters. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they should have I, – I think it's dumb that they – that well, I think they should have just been Decepticon generals. If they if they were going to write them like this, I, I agree that they should have just been Decepticon generals. Yeah, I agree on that. I think they should have been a bit more ambiguous, I guess. Maybe it would be the best way to put That's it. That's what I'm confused about too because like she says she – that she, like, they say they're fighting to defend Cybertron. Yeah, and whoever controls Cybertron, blah blah blah. But the whole point of it is that the kind of Autobot War was no one can, neither of them controlled Cybertron. Mm-hmm. Like there was, there was parts of the war where like one side would have like an advantage and maybe be considered the rulers of Cybertron. But if they're like, if, if the Maximals see these people and be like, wait, you were supposed to be great Autobot heroes, 
then it would have had to be after the the Autobots had already taken over, I guess. And then and then at that point, what were they defending Cybertron from? Yeah, it's, I'm confused. <laughs> and the, it's hard too because we're in, we're introduced to these characters when we don't really have any sort of backstory to them. It, it's I don't know. It, it can be very murky because maybe they were maybe they were part of some sort of third party that was like just strictly concerned about the planet and didn't really care about the war between the Autobots and Decepticons but we've heard that they were the greatest Autobot generals in history or did they say Cybertronian general Cybertronian yeah I think so maybe they did but but I mean like like Kendall's it would have made more sense if you're like you were the greatest Decepticon like Decepticon generals in history but they wanted them to be surprised they were working for the bad guys Mm -hmm. so they made them like there's I just don't understand why they made these characters have this neutral background. Yeah. And not based like the then they didn't base them off any G1 character. Mm-hmm. They're completely new characters and they gave them this like neutral background when all they were going to do was make them generic bad guys. It just doesn't make any sense. It's it's just it's bad writing. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I mean I don't <laughs> disagree with bad writing. I do yeah. think though I I do think though that well the thing I mean the thing is they're new they're new characters that that are treated as if they're legacy like they, they're characters with a legacy and we don't really we at least weird. haven't so far i mean they just got introduced but at least so far we haven't seen their origins um you know it, which i doubt that we will because we're running out of time in the series but yeah. like if we if they did a flashback to their origins like i could pitch if you were going to give me these characters i mean this is a bad episode but if we like did this episode but better you know and and uh, and they actually always were evil. Um, I could totally see there being evil Autobots. I mean, just like you know, the United States has done bad things in the past. Oh, I mean, like absolutely in the real world, <laughs> there's no like absolute good guys. But like, and there are Transformers stories that deal with like some of the Autobot higher ups being like not good. Yeah, I guess. But like the Decepticons, I I don't know, like. In the deeper Transformers stories, yes, there are bad Autobots. In the ones that are more like the 1980 series, everyone who was an Autobot was just like goody good good guy, you know. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, and I mean, we have like the uh, Protoform X story arc in Oh yeah, in Beast Wars. Fuck, did fucked up shit. It makes sense. Like, yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, you could have. I don't know. I, I think you could. And also the idea of these characters from history who we think of as heroes actually are monsters you mm-hmm. could tell an interesting story with that as well like especially if you did like if like you did like an unreliable narrator like rat trap tells the story about this from like the that's like the autobot maximal version of the story and then we actually look back and see what the act what actually was happening uh you know and the terrible things that they were doing but yeah, yeah. no but they're not doing any of that they're just they're just making them generic bad guys that we don't care about you know what I kind of wish? I wish we had have been introduced to these generals two episodes earlier. And what I, I would have yeah. what what I would have liked if we had had them introduced earlier is when they were first introduced, I would have I realized that we, we have quite a few multi parters, but I would have made this a, a, a two parter. They would have been introduced uh early on in the first episode. Uh their identity identities would have been revealed. Uh, and we start to see some flashbacks to set their history. And the second episode is strictly 
them chasing the uh, the Maximals and getting flashback further flashbacks of their of their backstory. Okay, so here picture this. I've got the flashback in my mind. They're like, I remember mm-hmm. the I remember the war. There's there's two Maximals. One's taller than the other, and they run down a street. Something bad happens, and one of them falls into a hole. <sighs> No, no. <laughs> this is a reference to no. something I'm not getting. Okay, here's here's this is the reference to Night Scream's origin. <laughs> they reused like yeah, four times. Easy. Oh my god. Okay, so like, <laughs> that's actually a pretty good joke. But um, uh, <laughs> my my alternate idea for like introducing these characters and giving them some gravitas is have like a two okay, say two parts like this. They're not introduced early. They're introduced at the end of the first part. But the whole time, the whole episode, Optimus is saying, like, we have, like, like, oh, like, if only I could be a good general, like, Obsidian. And then someone would be like, and Night's going to be like, who's Obsidian? And then, like, he'd tell a story about Obsidian. And maybe they would make the plot line be about them trying to, like, go get data banks to, like, see old strategies. Mm-hmm. And then they get attacked and they're attacked by Obsidian and Striker. Yeah. And he's like, holy, like, you're Obsidian and Striker? Like, I, I, I look up to you. Like, to some kind of thing that connected us with them mm. or have, have Cheetor talk about Obsidian and Striker even and not Optimus you know like in, that would be even more like because he's trying to be a good leader and everything just like what the fuck what like, well, sign me up to be a writer <laughs> to, to extrapolate on that M Optimus is familiar with the two of them and how yeah. and he admires them and when they start getting attacked I'd like him to draw observations he'd be like this seems awfully familiar. I've seen this before. Yeah. Or this cool. seems like the sort of thing from this certain battle or something like that. Yeah. And then the realization, oh my God, we're fighting two of the greatest generals in Cybertronian history. Yeah. I think that would have been cool. Yeah. But. I mean, like, like I like Obsidian and Striker enough as like just new generals, but them giving them this backstory overcomplicates them. And then doesn't do anything with it. Yeah. So I think I think what just, we all can agree on is that they should have gotten rid of the Savage Noble episodes. I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think because this is not this is not the first time this is not the first time we've like pitched other episodes to be in the series when they you know the point is they wasted like three episodes on that. Let's just let's just yeah. go back and rewrite the entirety of Beast, of Beast Machine season two. Yeah. Season yeah. two. <laughs> season two is when it went off the rails. Yeah. Um, but yes, we've, we've got way off topic on this tangent. Um, sorry. Sorry. No, no. I mean, we're all, I'm responsible as much as anybody. <laughs> um, I, I hope it was at least an interesting. Did we talk about so. the pleasure chips yet? No, no we haven't gotten there. Quite we're, 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 we're right. Up, like score porn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just before that, though, are you fucking serious? Yeah. <laughs> um, we do get a bit of a, a battle between some drones with Botanica and Rat Trap, though. And, uh, of course, Botanica is like bashing Rat Trap because the chips don't work, apparently, even though that's not the case, which is what pissed me off. Yeah, I mean, like, they're it's just they're looking Wait. right at them at this point. Yeah. They they don't work, no, they do. I mean, it's they do work. All, yeah, it's just that oh, all the generals yeah. were where they were supposed to be because Megatron put them there. So everybody thinks that the chips yeah, 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 don't yeah. work, but they were there already. I oh, I totally I missed watching, that. I, yeah. I was like, I was like, they did, they they still work. They just they just yeah. got spotted. Like it didn't yeah. it didn't look like it didn't feel like to me that um the generals like picked them up on their scanners and found them. It felt like they were yeah. just stumbling upon them. And oh, like, I, I, I guess they, I guess that. I guess 
the Autobot, the Maximals don't get it from that perspective, but we do. But yeah. still, it just it just seems like weird to just instantly say the chips are bad just because they got spotted. Yeah. Like, See, yeah. the only tension in this episode that kept me interested was the idea that like one one group got one group got spotted, then the other group got spotted, then the other group got spotted, and it was inevitable because the chips weren't working. So I guess I just wasn't I didn't pay attention to that piece. No, it, it, basically the impression I got from it was they knew they were coming, they were watching for them, and eventually they came upon them. And the, even though yeah, the like, chips weren't work, we're still there's a, re- there's a reveal at the end that we will talk about then that explains why they're waiting for that. Yeah, and you might not have caught that Kendall like Megatron's whole thing here, but anyways, let's go. Yeah. Um. So we got back to uh to Cheetor, Black Arachne, and Silverbolt, uh, who are. A, Assailed by Obsidian as Cheetor and Silverbolt are bickering back and forth. And Cheetor's like, would you stop calling me a kid? Um, just as he says that, there's an explosion. Everybody starts getting attacked. Um, <laughs> Silverbolt at one point is like, okay, leader. So what do we... Or no, Black Arachne is like, oh, the great great work, Rattrap. And she chucks her chip down. So another which, person... Which did suck. Like, yeah. that, that was dumb. Like, it's just, they have no reason to think the chips don't work yet. Like, they... Yeah. Um, well, they convinced me. <laughs> um, Black Arachnia turns to Cheetor. like, so what do we do now, leader? He's like, uh, well, I'm open to suggestions. And Silverbolt's just like, well, how about this? And then he just I mean, he, he, into he, the air. Then, you know, he, 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 he burns his ultimate is what he does. Because yes. he, he's literally just flying into the air and doing Reaper's ultimate as he falls. Yes. die, <laughs> die, die. <Except laughs> I, wing blades. And, and just to correct you there, because this was... This was a line that I kind of liked. Uh, Cheetor actually, they don't say, what are we going to do, leader? Cheetor says, as leader, I'm open to suggestions. Yes. <laughs> which is which is a fine move as a leader. I, I, yeah, I think, but the way he uh, says it, and also, he, like, no, I just. It, it is funny. Yeah. Did we, wait, did we go over about uh, Rat Trap talking about a retreat? Oh, no. Oh, we didn't talk about that. <laughs> Because that, that was, was that kind was of funny, too. Funny Strategic movie. advance to the rear. Is that what he says? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, what does that mean? He's like, run away. That's, a, that's kind <laughs> of an old joke. But it, yeah, yeah. But the best part is that when she when she looks over his, her shoulder at him, he's like driving away, waving his hands. And yeah, I he's already was, like 20 feet down the road. <laughs> I thought yeah, it was just some it's, really it's a funny good image. Visual. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. So Silverbolt pulls his ultimate off and like. Yeah, and starts he, blowing up drones. I mean, it seems to be working pretty well. <laughs> um, we then turn to to Arthur's and Night Scream, who have stumbled upon the lost city of Iacon. Um so they sort of fly into the city. Uh Night Scream sort of suggests that the city was lost, and Officers is like, no, no, just with the great upgrading that you know, was no longer required, so to speak, um, as they're moving through. I just I just I just realized what he meant by that is because, like, everything's fucking giant here, probably. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, as they move through the city, a hologram of Optimus Prime activates with the funky Optimus Primal head. And you can see the mouth initially uh, mainframe. But yes, um, they had a model for Optimus Prime. I don't yeah. know why they fucked that up. I don't know. Like they said, um, they must have lost it somehow. I don't know how you lose the head of Optimus Prime, okay. though. 
Look, so, what the, they lost a model what, of Optimus Prime. What happened was it was on the floppy diskette and someone dropped a magnet on it. Oh. Okay, so I keep giving these in-universe explanations for lazy writing, but I have an explanation for this. Okay. It's not actually the hologram of Optimus Primal. It's a hologram that Megatron made. Oh, and he's sort of going based off of his own memory? Yep, that's also why it has... Uh, Greg Chalk's voice and not Peter Cullen. Gary Chalk. Whatever his name is. I don't care. <laughs> that's, that's okay. he's, he's a good actor. Good you guys actor. can just stop pointing out these plot inconsistencies so that I can <laughs> stop giving dumb in-universe reasons why they're good. I'm tired of defending yeah, this let's episode. Just, let's just let's just stop doing the show. <laughs> that's, that's the show, Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> Kendall, you're just you're still looking for that morphing grid theory, the the whole the whole thing that just meshes it all together. No, I'm just I no the thing is I mean the the I do these kinds of I always am looking for these in universe explanations because I read fucking comic books <laughs> and and also like like it does piss me off when people are unwilling to give shows the benefit of the doubt not that you guys mm-hmm. not that this show deserves it but just like it's like a reflex yeah for me to try to find an inner universe reason for something to happen because a lot of times there's a perfectly reasonable one cinema. i'm a, hey what oh no I'm, a, am i losing you cinnamon sense cinema yeah it's i don't like know what that is review, okay YouTube show and, um, and like the whole the whole thing of the thing is like they'll be like sin one and they'll list some bullshit that you can explain easily because they're not a good YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably why I haven't I, heard of them. I've I really only like, heard of the well, best. I mean, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's an incredibly popular YouTube channel. But... Oh, crap. Did I just lose everybody? We're still here, but... No, hear us. Oh, thing. no. Okay. I only can't hear Emily. Oh, no. Great. What? Fantastic. <laughs> T- uh, tell Kendall what I said. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, you're, now I think you're coming through fine. Okay. okay. You were okay, say, you said something about a YouTube page. It's fine. It, it, it's very popular, is all I was saying. But like, and there's actually a really good there's really good videos taking them down by another YouTuber called Sean, uh, and I really enjoy his stuff. He has mostly political stuff, but he also has a lot of videos talking about CinemaSins and how shit they are, and it's you, hilarious. YouTubers <laughs> taking down other YouTubers. It's like it's like inception or something i don't Kendall, know that's like that's like a whole genre of youtube oh, oh, oh. <laughs> my skin's starting to crawl oh. i mean I, I like the ones that are like taking down alt writers those are cool <laughs> they're validating i mean <laughs> uh, sometimes they're like it's no i what? i'm not saying it's wrong to say bad people are bad but it's just when when my entire twitter feed becomes full of negativity even if i agree with that negativity it's still uh it still causes me to feel bad that's why you also uh like follow things like uh kinometer emergency or something yeah yeah you need to follow like more like positive like twitters in between your negative ones too but yeah like to balance it out i've i've been i've been trying to find positive twitter people but i can't find any well, I mean, there's, there's the generic, like, cute animal yeah. pictures like Jordan like, mentioned, but also, like, my whole Twitter yesterday was just FF14 screenshots, so I think I'm pretty positive, <laughs> usually. <laughs> anyway, getting back to the episode. You follow me, Kendall, already. It's what the fuck. I'm just kidding. 
No, um, the problem. Okay, so this is the other half of the because half of the tweets are negative and half of them are video game and anime references that I don't understand. And that's not oh, specific oh. to you, Emily. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, like across the board, especially especially people who I've met through Audio Entropy, you say things in the in your tweets and you're like i just blah 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 and i'm like i don't know what any what any of those words mean okay look i don't know anything molly says about grand blue but i just like the pictures they're very nice pictures yes yeah she posts some good boys and some good girls let me tell you (laughs) like i'm sure that i'm sure that luke's tweets where he's reviewing video game or like giving his take on video games are very valid and insightful but I had no idea what he's talking about ever. It's <laughs> not really out of touch there, Kendall. <laughs> I, I am. No, I do. I, I have tweeted several times, uh, several times using uh, Simpsons memes, uh, detailing how out of touch. I, am. I Look, recently, I, am sorry, I recently Kendall, copied, that I did that. The ch- it's I, the I'm, children who are wrong. I am sorry. <laughs> I, I bashed that episode of how, of, tiny homes with the five person family. Okay. It, uh, it won't happen again. I'll that try was a, more positive. That was, that was a, yeah, that was a funny tweet thread. I thought I enjoyed it. Great. I wish I had seen that. Cause I would have gotten that. <laughs> I posted My it wife on the watches circuit. that show. There, there was an outhouse with saloon doors. Okay. What? Um, okay. Pop. Wait, 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 what happens so next? Like the outside shower. They didn't even show a shower. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is, anyway, is the- yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Look, look it up on my Twitter later, Kendall. You'll, you'll, you'll probably be like, "Oh my God, yes, I understand what he's talking about." <laughs> um, but yes, getting back to the episode at hand, um, we now have Black or uh, Rat Trap and Botanica who are running away and run into an arcade or some sort of VR parlor. Play. Yeah, like, and they've tra- they've transformed back into their robot modes. It looks uh, like the CZ bar from Mass Effect. Yeah. Without the giant tape. Yeah. Um, Rattrap sees these uh, sort of discs, I guess. What does he call them exactly? Okay, I've got I've got the clip. Okay. Uh, we've he, talked no, about he, it he like goes, 11 times. Again, he says, he says score porn, and he gets it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's, here's the thing. Hello. Holographic pleasure chips. <laughs> Complete with alternative vistas, primo vacation spots, virtual, but not virtuous. <laughs> if you catch my drift. <laughs> yeah, he's like, fuck yeah, porn. And Benega's like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. This is not the time we're looking at fucking porn, you disgusting creature. Let's get out of here. And he goes, again, like, he goes guess, to Pops when he's in this one, This one isn't porn that he watches, but I, I guarantee there's porn in there. But the one he watches. Alternative is like, vistas? That sounds kinky. It's, 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 it's just like the city, and he's like enamored by it, and like. I guess it's also hypnotizing because of what happens later. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, yeah. Like, like. Okay, I was gonna say what happens later now because yeah. it doesn't really matter. But like, Stryka shows up. They start fighting her, and he's able to defeat her by activating. Because because when he's doing this and he's like being a fucking idiot and just watching this, I'm thinking like he better do something with his holodisc later to validate their existence because otherwise he's just being a total fucking dumbass because they're currently being chased by a giant hulking mech and they're like, oh, let's just watch. Like, it doesn't make any... This is the worst. This I hated this scene so much. But anyways, he's able to defeat the striker or striker by... um. 
by putting her in the hollow deck, and she's just like, oh, oh, so pretty. This is our greatest general ever. She just like forgets what she's doing because there's a pretty landscape. Fuck you. <laughs> it has to be hypnotizing them or something. Because otherwise right. they're both fucking morons. Well, it's it's <laughs> it's uh it does something. It's a, their pleasure discs, so it's like giving them some sort of pleasure. But like. I, on paper, I would have loved this episode. I should have loved this episode, but the execution just didn't didn't work. Yeah, like because I liked the goofiness, but the goofiness just didn't. Work. It wasn't it it wasn't played as humor. I mean, except for the couple of spots that like I pulled sound clips no, for. He's, he's just acting like an idiot because like like you're saying like it's it's not the storyline they're telling is like it's like the climax of season two. This is like where like. This is where everything gets real because, like, they're they there's this, they're looking for the sparks and it's something really, they got these new generals. It's a super important, serious story, but for some reason they decide to put this goofy shit in it, even though it doesn't fit. Like, you can put goofy stuff in a story and like pull it off, but they're just not pulling it off. And it actually is similar to the truce in that reminder in that manner because the truce was this goofy bullshit in the middle of like the most serious part of season one. And this is the end. This is important. And then they're just being idiots. And there were like, like the idea of a truce of, of the, of a, of a temporary ceasefire between uh, the Maximals and Predacons in, in season, in that context was really interesting. And, but then the execution was terrible. And also there were some, there's some great goofy cartoony, episodes of i mean the low road is the best episode of peace wars so like you could yeah if they had been if they had been doing goofy goofy stuff all throughout the episode and it hadn't been like this a random goofy dumb thing happening or a random out of character thing happening in the context of of high stakes and and the sort of dark whatever because like, if that scene happened in a filler episode, I don't think I would have hated it either. Yeah, but the well, fact that it's happening had a bit like, more foreshadowing. It, it, but I mean, it's the part. It's this is this is they're trying to save the entire population of the planet, and they're getting distracted by hollow disc. Yeah, right. Like it doesn't like, make any sense. Like for example, yeah, if this was a standalone episode, and at the beginning of the yeah, episode they were doing. Yeah, 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 filler episode. And at the beginning of the episode, they were doing just some like general scavenging, looking for looking for technology to throw into the green goo, or inve- or doing some general investigation about where we might find some leads of the sparks or something like that. And Rat Trap had found these these pleasure discs and been like, "Yeah, look at this." And then you know. Uh, Botanica has no sense of humor, no sense of joy or whatever. So she's, you know, she's got to be the, the negative. Oh, why are you looking at this crap? We have more important things to do. And then, and then, you know, and then they got jumped by Stryka for some reason. And they, yeah, used I mean, that. They, they weren't being chased by her actively. Right. Like they are in this scene. Right. right? It would have made a lot more sense in that, in, in a context like that. It just yeah, doesn't. I, I agree. It just the, the the context makes it the worst scene. Yeah, yeah. It, I think. Well, I'll I'll give my thoughts at the end of the episode. It sort of formulates a bit better in my head now that that you guys have talked about this. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, moving on, we turn back to Silverbolt, Cheetor, and Black Arachnia, who are still getting attacked. Uh, Silverbolt's still going nuts. And until he's also wears like off. An idiot. 
Yeah. Um, Silverbolt gets hit by a blast. He manages to land on his feet. And of course, Black Arachnia being the good girlfriend asks, are you okay? And he's like, I am undamaged. I knew he was going to say that exact same sentence. (laughs) He's going to say it like that, isn't he? Of course he is. And then he did it. And I'm like, fucking asshole. (laughs) And he says says it like, but it's like the delivery's off on the line. Yeah. Yeah, it did sound. He says, I am undamaged. Or something you know like would have been nice if she had asked him if he was damaged and he had to come back with saying something to the effect of just enough to make me interesting. Oh, God. <laughs> that was a good callback. But they're like, the cadence he has is all like, I am undamaged, is kind of yeah. how he sounds. And like, yeah. Um, and I could I could see old Silverbolt pulling off that line and being like, "Ha you're hilarious!" But this one, I'm just like, "Fuck off, yeah. <laughs> pretentious prick." <laughs> yeah. Um, they they are continuing to be attacked. Um, Silverbolt is sort of like you know really riding on Cheetor at this point. He's getting kind of mad. Uh, we then turn back to Optimus and Night Scream, who are still at the hologram. As they start to walk off, the hologram comes alive and reaches out for Optimus and so, literally picks him up. So I just yeah. have I just had another epiphany about this episode about why it doesn't work for me. It reminds mm-hmm. me of a bad Star Wars novel. The best the best example of this was the uh, the Fate of the Jedi series, the nine book series where nothing happened, um, mm-hmm. and. There was a Han and Leia storyline that was just completely separate from from the rest of what was going on. And then you had like a you had like because you had like the Coruscant politics storyline. You had the Luke, the Luke Skywalker storyline. You had the Sith storyline. There's all these different because it was a nine book series, you know, but the Han and Leia storyline was just them going around the galaxy, uh, not retiring. Like I don't even I and and eventually I got to the point where I like was just skipping the chapters. And that's kind of how I feel about this episode. Like the uh, like I'm kind of interested in Rat Trap and Botanica and I'm I'm interested in Optimus. But the Silverbolt, Cheetor, Black Arachnia stuff, every time we cut back to one of those scenes to talk about it, I'm just like. I don't know. Whatever. It's a weird sub. <laughs> it's a weird subplot to like kind of bring it out of nowhere. Yeah. If if this was a plot of an episode of like Silverbolt trying to like um like learn how Cheetor is now and then maybe respecting him at the end of the episode I, again it, it, it almost feels ru- like he had all these ideas for these characters and they're trying to just cram it in because yeah. they only have a few episodes left. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe that that's what they they had this cool idea for these generals. That used to be a thing, and they had these ideas for for like for expanding it. But then they're like, "Oh, we only have this many episodes." They had this cool idea about Silverbolt and Cheetor learning to become better friends from like from from Silverbolt and respecting Cheetor's growth. Um, that's an episode we have. Um, uh, Botanica and Rat Trap uh, learning like you know this this the super serious stick in the mud compared to this like. Uh, funny, happy-go-lucky, kind of like uh, sarcastic rat character. Mm-hmm. They like them working off each other and learning to respect each other as friends. That's a whole episode. Like mm-hmm. these are all a bunch of fillers they wanted to make. Yeah. Except for maybe yeah. the general one, and they crammed them into this important part. Yeah, and it's weird too, which is especially this is especially weird because the whole the whole show was planned out from the beginning. Like, like again, the whole show was planned out, but maybe they had a bigger. I, like they thought they were gonna get three seasons, or they thought like they're gonna have more se- episodes in season two, so they had this whole thing planned out. But then they got 
you know, they went to actually make it and they realized they didn't have time. Well, no, no. I mean, when I say planned out, they, it was 26 up. It was always going to be 26 episodes. Okay. Yeah. But is it possible maybe that they had like the the main plot points, but as they progressed along, maybe they had some ancillary ideas that yeah, yeah. they wanted to try and throw that, in? That that maybe that may be it. Like like I mean he obviously obviously Marv Wolfman didn't didn't do do it do each do every single individual episode. So they yeah. they may have they may have just run out of time. Like they yeah. they like they you know you know uh my uh I I always think when I think about this kind of thing, I think back to my 10th grade U S history class. We had a student teacher and he spent like, he was, he was covering like the depression into world war two. And he spent like three quarters of the time talking about the depression. And then he realized he had like a week to cover world war two. And he was like, yeah, I probably should have, uh, you know, not spent space so much time there. <laughs> yeah. Space that out a little different. So, yeah. you, you know, they, they were like, Oh crap. We, forgot we forgot there was going to be all this other stuff yeah speaking of because we've got like another nine minutes of this episode <laughs> left um so yes the the hologram of optimus prime uh lifts up optimus and sort of we get some discombobulation with the animation because he's literally holding him in his hand we cut to their faces and then we see night scream and then optimus is just floating in the air and the hologram is just standing in front of him is no longer holding him um like, like, i thought if the, if, I thought if the was, hologram reaching down was all in optimus's head yeah that's what i thought that yeah, i was maybe. trying to imply it was still weird yeah um because optimus is just floating in the air and his eyes are, are glowing green at this point uh night screams like I don't know what's going on. And then thrust. Are you, comes are you getting a vision him. again or something? Is, like, is, is that what he says? You might not yeah. say that, but yeah, like something he's just like, God effect. damn yeah. it. It's fucking bullshit yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> he's like trying to, you know, try, trying to yell at Optimus to, to snap out of it. Um, thrust and his drones start attacking night scream. Uh, so, and this is where we, would have cut to a, a commercial when we cut back. We're we're back at the uh, the little VR drone as Stryka is still attacking Botanica, who has found this metal plate trying to use it as a shield. Uh, she yanks out the the chip, and Rashad's like, "Hey, what's going on? What'd you do that for?" And then they both get hit with a. a an explosion rat trap freaks because a bunch of the chips that were in his back of holding fall out and botanica is like scolding him she's like oh would you just leave them it's like i'm not going to sacrifice life and limb for you for these chips and then would you, would you no she says she says i'm not gonna limb. sacrifice limb and limb oh yes that? that's yeah, the that worst weird. line of the episode yeah not a great line. When she said it, I was like, "Is that how that saying goes?" I just, I just felt like it just kind of flew over. Like I, I, I recognized it was off, but I didn't really get how, and it was just awkward. Yeah, I was bad. thinking, I, I was thinking like she was saying, I, I thought she was gonna, she was maybe, maybe they were trying to say arm and a leg or something, but like say other limbs, and mm-hmm. like it in the in the draft they wrote limb and limb, like they were gonna fill it in with a different word for a limb. But instead, be. just left it there because yeah. they were like, oh, my God. They were like, oh, man, this is the second half of season two, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yes, we. And we Stryka didn't... hits on Botanica, which is actually a good part. I like that part. She's like, oh, what a trim. She's like, what a pretty flower. But it looks like you need some pruning or something like that. Yeah, she, looks she like compliments you need some her pruning. appearance. And then. Yeah. 
says she's going to do knife play with her. And she's like, wait, what? And then yeah. we continue. <laughs> um, and then we cut back to, to Cheetor and the gang uh, as another explosion goes off. Silverbolt's like, Still goading at Cheetor is like, come on, just do something. Finally, Cheetor is like, he he gets this really really weird look on his face, and I'm probably going to use that as a screen as the screen capture for this episode because uh, he looks like he's going sort of nuts, and he literally does because he's like, and then just Again, like this is it's a goofy joke, and it might have been funny, but here I'll let yeah. you agree. I'm sorry, I'm cut. Well, I, I blew him. Sales. <laughs> he he just like pops out from behind the corner with both of his swords drawn. I think he was trying to look intimidating, and the the drones just sort of stop for a second, look at him, and then just raise their arms and just start shooting him again. That yeah, part the joke was like he run he runs out and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna kick him all on," but he kind of runs out of steam slowly. Yeah, as like he realizes they're gonna fucking kill him and he runs away. Yeah. <laughs> Runs away and black arachne and silverbolt wrong behind him. And again, like yeah, it would have been okay in like a choky episode, but here it's just like, why is Cheetor being such a dumbass? Like he should come up with a plan. Like uh, yeah. and he does eventually, but yeah. Yeah. Um we then go back to tonight's scream and Optimus. Uh, Optimus is still sort of in his dream state as Night Scream is getting shot at. Uh, and we get a, uh, a discussion between Optimus Primal and his ancestor. He's and like, the, "Are you?" And the really? background is the is the background from the normal shop up with just wireframes. Yes, yeah. And and you know, Optimus is like, "Are you really my ancestor?" And it comes back with pretty much the same voices, like Gary Chalk as Optimus Prime now, and saying, it's "Yes, a little, I am." It's a little and, digitized. Here, I've yeah. got, I've got it. This is it a it's lot, a shame this that it wasn't clip. Peter Cullen, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. This is the last clip I got, so here we go. Are you really my ancestor, Optimus Prime? Yes and no. I am his essence, stored here these many years after the final battle. I... I need guidance. The Oracle is no more, and without it... The Oracle lies within you, Optimus Primal. It will grant you the insight to defeat Megatron, if only you have the courage to summon it. Of course... Now everything makes sense. The solution has been within me the entire time. <laughs> what? What's going on here? And Optimus was played for a sucker. Yeah, like, okay, the, the part where he's, like, Mega, for some reason Megatron knows the, the Oracle's in him, and he says, like, and Optimus goes, like, of course, this explains everything. It's been inside me the whole time, and I'm like, how does it, what? Shut the yeah. fuck up. It explains, like, maybe, it explains how you're all spiritual and stuff, but it doesn't, like, it was inside me all along. Like, what, did they say that at some point? Like, <laughs> I it's it's just dumb. It's dumb. We've I'm said sorry. it before. We've said it again. The real beast wars is the friends you made along the way. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Also, um, they've got him like locked in like a Superman two like spinny disc thing. Oh no no! Yes. I think that's him summoning the Oracle. Yeah, that's him. That's yeah, him. and and like. I, I I get answered later why, but I'm like, why haven't you just closed the Oracle now? You know it's Megatron. Just close it. Yeah. Leave. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. 
Um, but we kind of explained that. Yeah. Um, so we return to Botanica just as Stryka sets foot onto one of the VR pads. And as she readies to Stryka, wham, wham, ha, ha, um, ha. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Rat Trap leaps into action, grabs onto her, onto her back, and uh, then puts one of the uh, the pleasure discs into the drive. And this is where Stryka is like, Oh, a moron. <laughs> it's so it's so beautiful. And she sees the exact same landscape that Rat Trap did. I was so mad that part. Yeah. And Rat Trap seems pretty proud of himself at that point. Botanica's like, uh, let's just get out of here. <laughs> she drags him yeah, off. He's like, just like, you know, you can, you, neck. Yeah. You can yeah, say like, thank you. No, what he says is he's all like, he's like, ah, come on. You were impressed. Admit it. I won't tell anybody. Like... <laughs> God damn uh, yeah. <laughs> so we then turn back to, to Black Arachnia, Silverbolt, and Cheetor as they're still being shot at. Uh, they've managed to find some cover behind some more rubble. Um, and of course, Silverbolt's still being a bit of a jerk. Uh, Black Arachnia's like telling them to knock it off as they yeah, have another. He goes like, he's like, if you want to follow that kid into your death, and she's like, Cheetor will get us through this. Like she says, yeah. she says if he's not a kid anymore, Cheetor will get us through this, or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, again, she's defending her friend, which is good because Cheetor has improved a lot, and mm-hmm. he's being a butt. <laughs> yes. Um, the explosion that that hits them sort of sends them flying back, and Silverbolt manages to grab a piece of debris as he's arguing, uh, which turns out to be a power cord that Cheetor grabs. He's like, and he gives a he gives a great one liner here. Yes, I'm trying I can't to remember, remember what it is. Here. Yeah, I'm trying to remember it now too. <laughs> All is right, it? Obsidian. All oh, the power to ya. And he throws the power cord yes. at him. You get it? Yeah. You get the joke? And then the drones are like, "Hey, a target!" And they start firing. And Obsidian's not an idiot, so he's like, "Don't fucking shoot at it!" But they've already started firing. So even yeah. if it stopped now, they would have hit it. And then mm-hmm. they and then we get a long time giant to stop. explosion. Not very responsive drones, but yeah, they would have hit it anyways. Yeah. And yeah, huge explosion. Shudor flies into his friends, and now everyone's dead. Well, except the Max. <laughs> well, I'm assuming it's probably not dead either. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they they managed to uh, push off some debris that was covering them. Uh, Cheetor offers Silverbolt a hand up, and they seem to have patched things up at least momentarily. Uh, we then turn back to Optimus and Megatron as. Uh, I was like, Megatron, what are you doing? And this is where we find out that the last time that Optimus and Cheetor had been captured inside the Grand Mall, uh, apparently Megatron had scanned Optimus's brain uh, to, to access the, power, the Oracle. That, that, okay, he says he does it to access the Oracle, and I'm confused about why he knew the Oracle was there to begin with. But <laughs> like that would make sense if he just did a brain scan on him and discovered the Oracle. I think that would have made more sense, but, yeah. um, but essentially Megatron explains that he's been setting up the last like four episodes. Yeah. Have all been part of his plan. Like all of the side packs that he's presumably ha- that he's like a seemingly had is all just in favor of this moment to get, um, Optimus, uh, here with the full, uh, Oracle. Yes. Because apparently there was one part that was still encrypted that Megatron wasn't able to access. And he figured he needed Optimus to access the Oracle in order for him to be able to, to access it himself. Uh, so he uses like a, a mind bolt that hits Optimus's head and starts to suck the knowledge out of it him. It hits him with mind bullets. Yes. That's telekinesis, Kyle. <laughs> Um, 
So at this point, Megatron like sort of sucks the information out. Optimus is like, you know, writhing in pain a little bit. And then Megatron is like, haha, I have it all now, sucker. And then makes his exit. And he mentions he's, he's achieved all his goals now. Like he's, yes. He doesn't have his beast form anymore. And now he's got all the information he needs. And he can just, for, he, he can now finalize his, his, his big bad plan. Yeah. And of course, Optimus doesn't look too happy about that. But Megatron doesn't really care as he pieces out, you know, just vanishes. And well, that was uh, a- that was another thing I thought to complain about earlier, but like Frost shows up to fight Night Scream while Megat while Optimus is doing this, and then it happened. I'm like, you could take Thrust. Shut yeah. the fuck up, Night Scream. Like you're you're like one of the most powerful members of the team with your sonic blast and your energy drain. Like, but then he gets back and yeah, he's getting his ass kicked by Thrust for like no reason, and then yeah, he gets yeah, he gets hit by one shot that's pretty bad, and you know, Night Scream is like his eyes are twitching. He's like, oh, and then. Out I'm like, nowhere. drain him, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> then out of nowhere, a firebolt hits Thrust, and we get Savage, who then transforms into Noble. And all the but drones guess, are... Interestingly enough, Night Scream only refers to him as Noble. Yes. Uh, all the, the drones, you know, start freaking out, running away, and Noble gives chase. And as the drones round a corner, Noble goes after them, and then you see like all the drones sort of... In a car. Yes, and now we know what this dog does when it catches odd, the car. Yeah, I was say it's a very odd walk cycle, or at least it looks odd going that fast. Like it would yeah. be normal if he was going normal speed, but he's like booking it, and it just looks so goofy. Yeah, um, you you see all the drones sort of fly up into the air, as you don't see like like it's sort of cut off because of the corner uh, and the wall. Uh, but it's assumed that you know Noel took them all out. Uh, Optimus comes too. Night Scream's like, Optimus, Noble was just here. And, but uh, Optimus is like, we need to get regroup immediately. And, yeah. You know, Night Scream actually listens. They go flying off. And uh, as the group is back together, uh, they realize that it was the plan all along for Megatron to, to split them up and access Optimus's mind to to get access to the you Oracle. mentioned that Megatron gave him the visions. Yes. And that's, well, again, that, that explains, like, how yeah, he gave they, he gave why why they knew exactly what the Maxwells were going to be because Abe Megatron fed him information to do that. Yeah. So, but as it turns out, while Megatron was in Optimus's head, apparently Optimus was in his head. He did a reverse mind bullet. Yes, and was able to find out where the sparks are hidden. So everybody's like, "Well, where are they?" And then we pan to the big giant floating head in the sky. And I, and then I was like, wait, wasn't it obvious? Like yeah. obviously they're obviously they're in the head. Yeah. Like of course he would put it in his own body. It's like the and did he make the the new generals in his head? So yeah. it implied his sparks are in there. So like I mean that was the, that was the premise of the whole episode. But for some reason it really hit me now like how obvious it was the head. And I, and I don't know why I didn't question earlier why they were looking for the sparks when obviously the sparks are in his head. Like, I mean, I, and, and, I, and I thought that for a few episodes, it's like, of course they're in his head. I mean, to yeah. me, that doesn't make any sense because the sparks were somewhere. And although I guess, yeah, I guess they, they're they not were, they there anymore. The, yeah. Okay. They were in the Citadel. See, and that's also why and we then, thought, thought that was he, a Citadel because yeah, it's another empty. reason. Yeah. Because yeah. Cause it's, cause they were at the Citadel and, and Megatron's giant head thing came out of the Citadel. Mm-hmm. So I just assumed that he took them with him when he left. 
But yeah. I guess he also put fake spark energy in a place to trick them, or maybe he put them there for a bit just to have something. I don't know. Or maybe it's that weird. was one place that he extracted most of them before he moved them to the Citadel. That could be the case, too, yeah. Yep. Or he, like, UFO beamed them down and then UFO beamed them up just so there'd be shit there. <laughs> I never maybe. thought I'd miss Vox. <laughs> Do you really miss Vox, or are you just making a joke? No, no I'm, I'm making a joke in order to illustrate <laughs> that this that this uh, portion of the timeline is con or this portion of the storyline is overly convoluted and I and exhausting. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I, I, I like Megatron having this like plan that that's been going on the last like few like uh, episodes. That's kind of interesting, but they didn't make technique, but they made everyone act like an asshole in this episode, like a dumbass. And I kind of self explained it. That is that they probably had all these ideas but they had to fit them in this one episode and they put all these like jokey filler ideas in the middle of an important like part of a three part arc. And it's just, it's just really badly executed. And it was fun to make fun of though. And also the breakfast I I ate while watching it was really good. So (laughs) (laughs) I can say that about it. Yeah. So that was our episode. I hope it was fun to hear. It's like tangent about it. For like three hours. <laughs> Apparently, Man, it's been two hours and fifteen we're minutes. At, yeah, yeah, we're already at the two hour. The recording is already approaching the two hour mark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. Well, I guess we pretty much gave everybody gave their opinions over the course of the yeah. recording. Yeah, I, I um, kind of try to have a final paragraph there that just summarized everything. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think pretty much everything got covered for. For me, for the most part, I mean, yeah. It you you just, were going to mention something later at the beginning, and I forgot what it was. Uh, I can't remember what it was either. Now, there was the thing about rat, everybody like ganging up on Rat Trap, but I sort of alluded to that already. Um, yeah, you mean it. like when they when they got mad about the uh, discs about that the, clearly the discs were working? There, yeah, agents, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, it seemed like they were just trying to like toss a lot of stuff in and i mean we've already talked about how we would would have addressed it ourselves so there's no point in beating the dead horse with regards to that i mean i i would have liked to have liked this episode but it just it seemed like it was a bit all over the place but yeah but i'm i'm sort of like you kendall and that i'm fearful that it's that they're sort of getting close to what they did with beast wars where they're trying to toss a lot of stuff in um which is kind of sad because the first season was so good like so much better than what i had anticipated and remembered yeah so. like uh i think this is where like it was my main complaint this episode was that no one was acting like they were supposed to and we in the first season we were like i don't get it like it makes sense that they would move this way but then in this episode nobody acted like they were supposed to yeah yeah like it didn't make any sense like nobody's the motivations and it was just bad. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. So I do have a very, um, a very nuanced uh, opinion here that I wanted to express. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna sing? It stinks. <laughs> oh, the critic. That the was 90s. that was the the one time this episode that my internet didn't fail me. Yep. <laughs> I haven't heard that in ages. Um, so do we have questions in the news post? Did Jordan express his opinion of the episode, or do you just agree with I, us? I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I agree. It just feels so much tried so fast. And, I mean, it's just, I yeah, it's it's 
I think what uh, M is guessing might actually be right, that they kind of are just trying to smash things together as they reach to the end. Especially this like th- three-parter kind of feels like they're suddenly kind of scrambling for making a three-parter. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. It is what it is. Um, so we do have a, a news post from Casey as well as a few questions for this episode. So, so we are running kind of long, so let's try to move through the news post as fast as possible. Yep. So uh, Casey says, hey there, BCs. Megatron continues his machinations this week while Rat Trap ignores these machinations and goes on a VR vacation instead. I don't know about you, but when I'm being hunted down by an ancient war general, I don't usually just stop running in the middle of it to fuck around in a computer simulation. But enough about this weird horny rodent man. Let's look at this week's news. (laughs) First up. Rescue Bots Academy is moving up. The preschool targeted show originally slated to premiere sometime next year in 2019 will now be debuting this fall on Discovery Family, a.k.a. the channel formerly known as The Hub. Nothing else new to report about it, but she will reiterate that those characters are very cute and that she still can't get over cute, tiny hotshot. They are very cute designs. Yeah. Um, up next, we shift the spotlight over to a different Yellow Kid Appeal character. IDW has announced that after taking a break from major movie tie-in material post-Dark of the Moon, they will be returning to form with a prequel comic for the Bumblebee movie. The synopsis reads as follows. Some call him Goldfender, but the name's B. Bumblebee. On loan to MI6 and teamed with a human partner, B's trapped in the middle of a Cold War plot to disrupt British secret intelligence. But when things go wrong, it's up to B to discover if there's a traitor in their midst. In the spy world, allegiances can change just as easily as a Transformer. Uh, Casey goes on to give some bullet points. The, uh, the prequel to the new Bumblebee film coming this winter geared towards a younger audience. Uh, from the classic Transformers Robots in Disguise team of John Barber and Andrew Griffith. Uh, and the perfect, sometimes serious, sometimes campy action spy adventure for fans of James Bond, the Avengers TV show, or Mission Impossible. Uh, the only movie tie-in that she owns or has read is a free copy of the one comic tie-in to accompany the Last Night movie, Schick, Hydrobot, and the Transformers. Uh, fun fact: the that image, the image on the transformer, <laughs> the, the image on the transformer wiki page for the comic is captioned with "Every big robot has a tiny boyfriend." But yeah, Barber is a good writer, so she's sure this will ju- be just fine. No cover art's been revealed as of yet, but the release date is set for June twentieth. Our last news item this week is another unexpected Russian reveal. Uh, Power of the Prime's Nemesis Prime. Uh, We've got a few pictures that we'll make sure that we have the links for in this week's episode. Uh, More than just a repaint, this version of Power of the Prime's Optimus mold features a new evil head that both references the evil Prime head used for the Grand Scourge and Toxitron retools of Combiner Wars Motormaster, as well as just literally the Decepticon symbol. Uh, he also sports a nice array of new weaponry. The blasters on his forearms are, di- are a direct reference to our modern Nemesis Prime, the first evil version of Optimus to go by that specific name. Uh, one of his swords appears to be able to transform into some kind of bird, which could be a reference to the transforming sword that came with the Prime version of Nemesis Prime. And she's not sure if his other sword is intended to reference anything, but if it is, it's probably referencing the red sword wielded by Scourge from original Robots in the Skies. No word on when, where, or how this will be released, but she's personally looking forward to picking this one up when she gets a chance. 
So that's all the news. Uh, but since we're a bit light this week, she thought she'd take the opportunity to look at some fairly recent third-party Beast Machines toys that uh, that she put off looking at when they first came out. Since we're all still in Beast War- we were still in Beast Wars at the time. Uh, so not long ago, third-party company Mastermind Creations put out some unique takes on Strika and Obsidian. Uh, they both look good, but she especially likes Strika. Uh, she looks awesome. She says, "Strika's really cool." Yeah. I don't yeah. think I think it's weird that Obsidian's not Obsidian, like he is in the show. Yeah, <laughs> he's like it was bright blue. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's a cool. It's like the design of a toy is cool, but the yeah. colors are weird for me. Yeah, um, there aren't a lot of third-party attempts at Beast Machines characters, so she's glad that these two exceptions look so exceptional. Uh, she does wish that she could add them to her collection or at least strike up, especially since she recently, uh, since. Uh, she goes on to say, especially since I recently my first ever third party purchase, but that's a story for another week. What do you all think of the plastic pair? I think we all think they look pretty. Yeah, yeah I, I like I really Strika like especially, yeah. and I like Obsidian, but I would repaint it. Yeah, because <laughs> um, otherwise, it, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, um, her question. I do like this... Obsidian's design a lot, though. His his head kind of reminds me of a cobra, and I like it. Anyways, yeah, yeah continue. <laughs> um, the question for this week uh, is. Did Rattrap manage to find and pocket any chips that featured serving bots walking around minus their torso plates prior to leaving the area? Is Cheetor old enough now that he'll share it with them? And that's all for this up. Hope we all have wonderful weeks and don't have any techno organic rats make sexual innuendos at you. God. Uh, yes and yes. By the way, that's that's the answer to the question is yes and yes. Yep. (laughs) Hopefully Rat Trap and Botanica can sit Cheetor down and and tell him about the birds and the bees. Not the rats and the plants. Not the rats and the plants. (laughs) I need to look this up to see if they actually have that. I'm just gonna fucking do it. I was gonna wait, but I need to look this up. About the air razors and waspinators? Yeah. No, was, no, no. Yes, about the air razors and waspinators. Oh, there you go. That I got <laughs> okay. the joke you were making now. Yeah. Okay. What jokes do we have? What, what questions do we have from the internet, Jordan? Uh, so from the Twitter account, account we got from Dagnavit Hardison at What is Cosplay. Uh, yeah, right- I know, I, I, one second. I know if, it's, if the relationship is canon or not now. If you want to know, DM me. (laughs) (laughs) Or watch the next five episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rat Trap is an incompetent jerk who found some scenery poor. How do you all do do at group assignments? What were the Basie's fave school subjects? Uh, I don't know about you guys, but group projects were a weird thing because I did not want to like drag other people down. But at the same time, I was so obsessed about how things did that I rather did everything myself. Mm-hmm. So it's like a big back and forth kind of thing. Uh, she asked how we all did with regards to group assignments. Oh, um, I didn't like them. I can tell you that. I, yeah. I was I was a shithead in school entirely. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember group assignments that much and how much I did, but I can't imagine that I did much in them because I'm not very. I mean, like I I must have. I remember, like, I, I did work at school. I didn't, like, completely fail every grade. So, I mean, like, I must have done some work. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't remember it. It's like I deleted school from my memory. <laughs> um, but I imagine that I would I would do whatever I was given to do. Un- if, I was, if I was unenthusiastic about the project, I would put in the bare minimum work and get something done. Mm-hmm. But, like, in other cases, I do remember one case in particular where in um, seventh grade – you were all told to discuss, um, to put on some kind of presentation. 
about the um, like life in Mesopotamia and what it was like. Okay. And, and we were each given different topics. I don't remember exactly what the project is. I just remember what I did for the project was that she suggested plays, and I jumped on that because I was a little performer, and like you know, and I'm a podcaster now. Go <laughs> but, figure. Uh, yeah, no. So like, I really, really like that kind of stuff. So I was like, yeah, I wrote an entire. I wrote the whole script. I did like all the work for that. Mm-hmm. And then my fucking co-actors fucked up constantly and forgot their lines. <laughs> Oh. That was bad because <laughs> I fucking put so much work into this. <laughs> so I feel like in high school I was it was one extreme or the other because uh, I had if if it was a group that I was like that I like knew the people which in high school I usually at least you know because it was there were only whatever four hundred people in our graduating class so and and of those people only a handful of them were in my like the same types of classes that I was in. Uh, so if I was, if it was one of the like honors classes that I was taking, that was full of smart people and overachievers, I tended to, I tended to do less of the work, uh, because I would do like assigned stuff and then kind of let other people carry the thing. Uh, or if it was, but a lot of times I took, I, I took like some honors classes and some not so honors if it was in the not so honors classes, then I was the one that stepped up. My most scarring ju- group project was in college, though. Um, and my situation in college is that I didn't know anybody. And this happened to I think this happened a few times in high school as well. But like I was I was in a group like everybody else in the class, like got their four people together. And then we were like the people left over. Yeah. Um, and that class was the worst. It was basically the entire class was a giant uh, like setting, putting together a training program for a uh, for the uh, center of job, job and family services. And, oh, it was so awful. I literally did all of the work and our and the project turned out terrible because you see it was designed for five people to do as much work as I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, we even, we even like sat down afterwards and, and the guy was like, okay, so whose job was it to do the PowerPoint presentation? Cause it wasn't very good. They were like, Kendall. Okay. Who's who, who wrote the, who wrote your plan? Uh, Kendall, uh, who was the like general, like sort of your tech support type, uh, person, Kendall, uh, who, who, decided on the and it was just like every piece of the project was just me <laughs> mm-hmm. and and it turned out and it turned out bad and i probably got a bad grade in that class that was the same professor that gave me a d minus in my capstone class just so that i could graduate and and like trolled me because i was taking the final exam and i was on the border between whether I would pass or not. And, uh, and he gave me, he was also my advisor. He gave me like a graduation present. And so I asked him, I said, so does this mean I still stand a chance at graduating? And he's like, you got a chance. It's, you know, kind of slim, but, but it's there. And yeah, Mm -hmm. he gave me the lowest possible grade that I could still graduate. Um, if I had, I mean, of course, if I hadn't, I would have just, it's college. You just take the class again the next semester and then graduate, but, (sighs) oh, fuck college. (laughs) Um, group projects for me, I find it varied widely on the group that I was working with. Um, also, if there were a bunch of slackers in my group, it was kind of infuriating because I knew that it was sort of going to get dumped on me to do a lot of the work. 
at times. Um, but sorry. for the most part, eh, I was it was what it was. You did that to people. Sorry. <laughs> you know what was? You know what was also like would make me so mad in, in with group projects because a lot of them, especially like in honor Z classes that I was in, in in high school, like some of the groups would go so far above and beyond what was asked for that it would make groups that I was in look bad because we did the assignment correctly. And it's like, you guys need to learn. Like part of, part of those types of projects is, is, learning how to follow instructions and, and manage your time appropriately. You know, I have, you know, 10 other classes that I had to take, do stuff for. And then fucking, and then fucking these people who, you know, they don't have any extracurricular activities or, you know, or, or other challenging classes. So they can just put everything into it. They, you know, and then the teachers are oblivious to it. So rah, 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 rah. You guys, who, who, who sent that tweet? You just like delved up so many terrible memories. <laughs> that, that was what is cosplay. So, okay. Just, well, just, just to add a little to what is cosplay. Is that that's Cassidy? Uh, that's Cassidy. Yeah. Yeah. Who's an, who now is a member of audio entropy. I also yes. want to point out. Well, well, what is cosplay? Um, it's cosplay. I'm going to answer your question. Cosplay is when people dress up like things and go to stuff and do. Oh, that's stuff. the username. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. He's doing so I'm being, even, I'm being obnoxious. What, what no, what is cosplay? Subjects, though. Just for the record, what is cosplay? You're a cool fan and stuff. That was just your your question. Just like uh, delved up some bad memories for me. Uh, oh, I. Man, they're not, they're not, I mean, like. They're, they're yeah. a listener and also a colleague, so I mean it's kind of weird to just say like you're a cool fan. I don't know, it's weird to say that, I guess. <laughs> uh, so what else what do we have for questions? Well, we didn't, like I said, we didn't actually answer the part where it was what are where the BCs face. Oh, yeah. They are cool. I will say yeah. that. Cool. Che- Cheetor like track, right? Like yeah, Cheetor like would have totally thing, been gym right? class. They yeah. asked us about their sports too. No, well, what what all of the BCs' favorite classes were? Classes. Okay, well. Yeah. Yeah, like I think mean, Chitter would be Jim for sure. Yeah. Um, I think like uh Optimus would have like social studies maybe. Like history yeah, for you I Americans. See that. Yeah. Um Silver like uh, ethics? Yes. Is that a thing in high school though? I don't know. That's the thing. <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> I mean it could I think I think there was I, I trapped like a shock class. Was there ethics in high school? I, I don't remember I class mean, ethics. I mean uh, I could I could I'm, see I'm, I'm it sure, like I'm sure a class covered ethics. I mean like again I mean I like took maybe a maybe social studies I again mean, that's a class in Canada where it just kind of yeah. puts history I, yeah. and all this other shit together. They all hate geography. <laughs> yeah. I mean I took geography was something we learned in social studies, I think. I, I took remember. something like ethics. I mean I t- well I took ethics at community college. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, but not high school, right? Uh, um, no, but a lot of those, a lot of those core, a lot of those core college classes, high schools have uh, like electives based on based on those. So I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to think of specifically because we had a civics, we had a civics class with career and personal planning. Like, yeah, I mean, like well, I'm trying to think of like I don't think there was maybe Silverbolt like the an AP English. No, no, class. Silverbolt with like drama. Oh yeah, yeah, there you go. There we go. He would have he would have liked doing like Shakespeare and stuff. Yeah, he would have liked drama class. Yeah. 
or English class or talk about like Shakespeare and stuff. And I mean, Donovan would like that too, but he's dead, so we're not gonna talk about him. Black Rackneys likes either history or art. Danica likes biology. Yep, sounds about right. I think that's um, Megatron likes choir because they're all evil. Night Scream doesn't like any of his classes. Well, he, he would like music. He he yeah, music. There you go. I was gonna say he 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 would be one of those like kids who like hated everything except for like the one thing like that was like an arty thing. Like for me it was just literally art class. Mm-hmm. For Night Scream it would be band or whatever or music yeah. class. All right. I think that's that question answered. All right. Yeah. I feel like Waspinator would be in marching band. <laughs> He would have been the head of the marching band. We're not talking about extra, extra curriculars here. We're talking about yeah, true enough. <laughs> okay, so we got a Facebook post from Rhea Rose, who wanted to say that they didn't get a chance to ask a question the last episode, but I have caught up, and I need to know: Does this make Nice Screen Gohan? What with him getting more powerful after getting angry? And this is from New and Improved Brian. Hmm. Hi, Rhea. Hi. Um. Hmm. Doesn't make him go on. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to say I want to say hi to Rhea too, because like congratulations for you know yeah. finding yourself a little bit. Um, I want to say, um, suppose if you're talking about early Dragon Ball when, Z, when does Gohan, Night Scream maybe? get powered up from rage? I'm confused about so, that. I want... <laughs> so if, the thing is, though, this is the dangerous thing. If Night Scream is Gohan, then Beast Machines is Dragon Ball Z. Hmm. I think Night Scream is de-aged Goku. <laughs> and this is GT? Because this oh, is because God. this is GT. Sure. <laughs> and that's the only uh, fact I know about GT <laughs> is that oh, Goku is de-aged. Yeah. And Trunks is in it. Um and Pan. Uh again, like when does Night Scream get powerful from anger though? I don't remember that happening. Yeah, unless they're unless they're referring to when Night Scream was uh, was fighting with Thrust and used his sonic scream, maybe? Maybe that was a point where you're sort of like back against a wall sort of thing and use the attack. It sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, I can't really remember myself, but um, no, because Gohan's a good boy and Night Scream's a bad boy. He's a very (laughs) bad, bad. I don't mean that in like, oh, he's a bad boy. You got to let it check. I mean that he's like terrible. (laughs) He's not a good, he's not a good boy. And Gohan is the best boy. Mm -hmm. He is great. I love Gohan. All right. Do we have any other questions, Sir Jordan? Nope, those were the only two this time. Okay. Well, Those solid Z- questions. Yes, they were. Uh, does anybody have anything that they would like to plug this week? Okay, so uh, Darren Hosted asked me to be on Prince Track by Track, and I don't know much about Prince, but I helped out and uh, did a couple of like episodes it was there. A Friends we're... podcast? Yeah, no, it's the Prince Oh, Prince. Sorry. Yeah. I heard, I heard Friends track by oh, track. I'm like, what? No, it's not your <laughs> fault. I just misheard it. Uh, so those episodes will be probably coming out soon. Um, other than that, I'll still plug Game Apartment 1C and Jesse Cooper's podcasts of Creepy Critters and Alphabet Flight. Cool. And also, I think I did share the uh, the episode of the Prince uh, podcast that yeah, it notified you, us. So Yeah. That or that was like a list of like the upcoming episodes. I couldn't. I have to look at the. the oh end. yes, that might have been it. Yeah. Yeah. M, how about you? Um, you can catch me on other podcasts on AudioEntry.com, Teenagers of Attitude, Home for Infinite Losers, and In Pursuit of Passions, which I will be editing an episode of after this. 
Nice. Which it'll be it'll be up by the time this episode comes out. So you can go check that out. In Pursuit of Passions, it's about me interviewing people about their passions. And in this particular episode, I am interviewing a friend of the show uh, at this point named Luna, because I know she's thinking about changing her name. Um, at Chie She's not even that on Twitter anymore, Chie Satsunaka. She's now like Gayus Lulu, I think, which is, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of rough that she changed her name right after changing her Twitter name to her actual name. And yeah, anyways, that's rambly. She comes on the show to talk about uh, her love of transformation and the fetish as a fetish specifically. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Neat. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> <laughs> Most polite thing you can say after someone says something like that. Without well, like no, giving too much I, away. I like, oh, fucking right. I know. It's just kind of funny. I used to say, it's the same like, sort of like, realization that I had when people talked about like uh, you girls and stuff like that. I was like, wait, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's just, like maybe if I saw your face, I would get that more. But like in the face of my head, is thinking like we're, we're like having tea together, and you're just like have a smile, and you're like neat, and like nod, and just kind of like, <laughs> all in a different direction. That's what I was thinking in my head. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we talk about her love of transformation, and I, we have a great time. I, I'm a, me and uh, me and her have since become like pretty good friends, and I, I very much enjoyed recording that. Oh, that's awesome, Kendall. How about you? Um. You can find everything I do at KendallCast.Ninja. Um, listen to That's What We Called Music. It'll make me feel better. Nobody's listening to it, so. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, also, hopefully I'll have a new poll list episode up. I, did, I recorded it last Wednesday, and we talked about all the recent uh, comic movies uh, very, it was a little bit, the episode's a little bit delayed, so we had a lot to talk about. Um and then uh, I'll pull a Jordan and plug somebody else's podcast, the weird, the weird alphabet, um, which is a, they alphabetically go through every Weird Al song. Uh, for April Fool's Day, did a fake Weird Al song uh, episode, just like uh, Jordan and I did a few weeks back uh, with that's what we called music, um, or that's what we called funny. The title of the episode was, but uh, they. Uh, they shouted out to me in it and like linked my website and stuff. So I don't think oh, anybody nice. actually clicked on the link, but you know, that's uh-huh. me. And follow uh-huh. me on Twitter at K Hallman. Um, I try to stay positive and post me, make comments about how out of touch I am. Apparently. Oh, <laughs> oh, um, there you go. Kendall. There's, there's my thread about the, uh, the tiny homes <laughs> okay. episode that I was watching. Seeing you relate to something for once in your goddamn life. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was jokingly being harsh. I'm sorry. No, I am out of touch. I will not. I, that is not, that is something I'm aware of. No. Um, as always, uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, like I just mentioned, I had a little thread about watching an episode of tiny homes with my wife on the weekend. So she was like, why? What? She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I have to tweet about this. This is ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, I'm on there at Greg C.M.U.N. Uh, if you like listening to us, we got a ton of other podcasts on AudioEntropy.com. Uh, Teenagers with Attitude, Transmission Radio. They actually just came out with a recent episode. Uh, totally Reprise. A whole slew of others. Let's Place. Uh, so check them out. Uh, we also got the donate link on the top of the site. 
with the with that particular link, none of the money goes to us. It is merely used for the upkeep of the site, for paying for hosting costs. Uh, so we appreciate any help that anybody can give. So yeah, it's been another week. Uh, for Warren Beast, I have been Greg. Yeah, I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. The toilet in that outhouse actually looks very similar to my the toilet at my uh, aunt and uncle's house that I was at for Easter. That's horrible. I'm Kendall. Let's roll, folks. <laughs> Should have said that's horrible and just end the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.